This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Sunday, September 22nd. This is episode 266. My name is Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. And I'm Ryan Duffy. Fuck. <laughs> There's two of you. We're always good. Two Mr. Duffies. <laughs> uh, two's better than one. Two's better than yeah, one. Yeah, that's two. way like the, the Twix commercials and stuff go, right? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Left side and right side. Yeah. I don't know. Those commercials good, good and evil. are kind of fun sometimes, and other times they bother me. What about uh, Double Mint Gum? Double your pleasure, yeah. double your fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> they always they always used to have in the eighties and nineties. They always had like twins, yeah, for all of their commercials. Playing all the sports. Do they still make double mint gum? I they I don't know. they gotta make the gum, but they don't make those commercials anymore. No, no. Do, the do they make the gum still? I would think so. Probably, probably. I would guess so. I don't know. I don't. Mm. I don't chew gum these days. I'd be fairly certain my grandfather's probably keeping them in business still. Cause like I always... used to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and now I yeah. just kick ass. Like <laughs> my my grandpa always has a freezer full of gum. A freezer full of gum. Yeah. Like the whole freezer's full of like, gum. Like you know, like the like the value packs of like gum. Uh-huh. There's like ten packs in the thing. Yeah. He would just have like a few stacks of those in the freezer. <laughs> How did that jingle go? I know it was catchy, but I can't remember it. Double your pleasure, double, double your, your fun, fun. Mm-hmm. double your something. I don't know. Let's look double it up. mint gum. With double mint gum. Uh, yeah. Double mint gum? Double mint. It's Mr. Mr. Romney's gum. Peppermint. Double yeah, mint can, gum commercial. You you can still get it. Let's see. This is the double mint gum commercial, it says. Published in 2008. And uh, once again, that's not working. God damn it! <laughs> well. I just David Smalley'd. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to look at the double makeup commercial afterward. Uh, I was going to say, I was thinking something along those lines earlier, and I can't remember what it was that I was going to make a comment about. Anyway, uh, what have you guys been up to lately? Uh, Wood turning, making pens. Wood turning, making pens. Yeah, I made some pens yesterday and having fun with that. And last week I was gone at a car fundraiser thingy that we ended up raising twelve hundred dollars for somebody. Nice. And uh, yeah, that's twelve hundred dollars. Yep. Uh, twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. As one of my old friends would say. Dollars. 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 Like a dollop? Twelve hundred dollars. Yes, that's 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 why I was gone last weekend. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go in the morning then. He was all like, I don't think anybody's gonna show up and freaked out. I'm like, okay, I'll fucking help you out. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll abandon the podcast this week to go and do this this other thing. Then I ended up getting nominated to be the guy calling ticket numbers and stuff like because we did a all the money was raised through 
uh, raffle or mm-hmm. drawing. I can't remember which way you're supposed to say it in this it's state. It's a prize drawing. A yeah. prize we drawing. Can't, we can't have raffles, but we yeah. can have prize drawings. Yeah. So we just had a... <laughs> Fucking stupid <laughs> rules. It is. It's ridiculous. So we just had a bunch of items that were donated, different gift baskets and stuff. So we ended up doing a bunch of raffle stuff at a Cars and Coffee. and I think you mean prize drawing stuff. Prize drawing stuff at a Cars <laughs> and Coffee. Uh, and raised $1,200 for my buddy's friend who is, she's going through cancer for the third time. Oh, geez. So. It's, it's very, uh, tenacious. Yeah. Is it the same kind of cancer each time? I'm not a hundred percent sure if it was the same kind each time, but it's her third time having to go through cancer and go through chemo and, you know, the last two times, I guess she thought she had it beat and was wrong. Fucking cancer sucks, so, man. Yeah. No es bueno. No, uh, is, no is banjo at all. No, no good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like cancer. Well, sure, join the club. Everybody hates cancer. It's terrible. <laughs> Except the person who created it. I mean, if you're, you believe in God, then that whole, that whole thing. Yeah. Then where does, where does it come from? Well, it's because of our fallen nature and blah, blah, blah. And with everyone else getting sick and stuff, I'm always like, it's no. all your fault that you got. It's actually even not no. your fault. It's Adam's fault that people get cancer now because true, right? He he ate a he ate a piece of fruit. Well, Eve technically. Yeah. Well, and they. I mean, they go back and forth on whether it's Adam or Eve. It's but, Eve. Yeah. And <laughs> and but that's I don't know. that's how this all that's how all the bad things happen in the world is because yeah. some the the first person on the world ate a piece of fruit. And God knew it would happen anyway, but. Well, the first person that was written about anyway, because there was clearly other people around. Oh, yes. sure. Yeah, because where did all of their sons' wives come from? Right. Um, Mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wasn't Cain banished to some other city? Uh, yes. Nod? Or... Nod, yeah. 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 The city of Nod. Yep. He just gave you a nod. That already had people in it for <laughs> some whatever weird reason. reason. Yeah. 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 All of these, all of these fun things about the Bible that are, that are delicious. Which but, is why it's true, a hundred percent, literally <laughs> true. All the contradictory stories, yeah, they're they're all they're all fine. But but I also decided to make an adult decision this week. Oh yeah, I don't go see a doctor ever. No, never, no. never. Uh, besides, that's my, the decision you've made. I yeah. don't go see the doctor <laughs> no, ever. No, besides my yearly physical for work, uh-huh. which just says, "Hey, your heart won't explode this time. Uh-huh. You're you can work this time." Yeah. So I'm like, ask. Ah, Go get a fucking doctor's appointment and start doing shit adults are supposed to do. So you just went in for like a no, actually I'm scheduled tomorrow or or for routine oh, physical to yeah. get uh, see if there's anything that needs uh, any kind of preventative maintenance that needs to be done on this lovely sex machine here. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what kind of maintenance plan do I require going forward? I just hope he doesn't need to check the oil. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually he will. I hear that's not until you're 40, but <laughs> I got Dr. mine Fat done. Finger. Yeah, <laughs> I got mine out of the way. So here's here's the funny thing. It's not that about bad. That. Yeah, a buddy of mine has had prostate issues in the past, mm. and he was saying, "Yeah, the doctor drew my my numbers from my blood and gave me my prostate results." I'm like, "Wait, he drew your blood and is telling you the healthier prostate?" He's like, "Yeah." So he doesn't need to shove a finger up your ass? <laughs> He's like, "No, he just does blood work on me to tell me how my prostate's doing." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Huh." So do they, do they just like shoving the finger up your ass? Well, it's, <laughs> they they check for several different yeah, things when they do that. Yeah, loves to see the but... texture for cancer. Because he yeah. had a cancer scare with it. Now he just draws numbers on it and stuff. And... Mm. 
Is what are they? PSL or something? Yeah, like PSL, yeah. PSI, P. Yeah, it starts with the P. Some, some for your prostate. Yeah, prostate, PL, prostate levels, something, yeah. something, or prostate something level. Yeah, I remember when Forrest was going through all of oh, that, yeah. and he would post his prostate numbers, and it was like, like hey, a normal astronomical normal high. number is below ten, and I'm at two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, oh, mm. that's uh, probably your little your your several parts away from the standard deviation. This is not this is not <laughs> yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Um. What What else? Anything else? That's about it. Yeah. And you? This will be my last show for a little while. <gasps> Because what? I'm going to infiltrate, I mean, visit the uh, Two Skeptical <laughs> Chaps bunker. Going to infiltrate? Or visit? Visit. 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 So, Sorry. Been, raffle. Raffle. <laughs> they've been making fun of the place you decide to stay at a lot. Yeah, I know. Maybe. They have. They have been. Because it's not a great place, <clears throat> I guess? No, or they don't have anything. The, they don't have anything against it, per se, as far just, as I can tell. They just think it's an odd choice. But the... The decision was kind of based on the fact that the first few days somewhere in there, we're going to be taking a trip down to the Jurassic Coast and Stonehenge, which is southwest. Okay. So we're staying kind of... Like central of all the places you want to go to? Yeah, we're staying kind of west, southwest or west central London, London area rather than like central London or like Dan was saying, by his house. So... I don't know. That's what they're making fun of me for. Well, and weren't you, didn't you tell me that like, it's a, it's a pretty short distance from like where you're staying to his place, but it's this mm -hmm. astronomical amount of time to actually yeah, that's, there. That's, I think why to them, it sounds so silly yeah. because they're aware of travel times through yeah. London because it's 89 miles from where I'm staying to Stonehenge. And it's about, it's like a little over an hour drive. Mm. And it's 13 miles from where I'm staying to Dan's house, and it's about the same amount of time. Oh, <laughs> it's like 50 minutes or something. I thought traffic in downtown Salt Lake was bad. Yeah. Oy. So. Well, at least once you get into, like, London, you got a lot. They they do a lot better with public transit than we do here in the mm -hmm. U.S. Yeah. Yeah, well, and public transit in Utah is kind of a joke. It, it like, is a joke. Yeah. It's fucking The horrible. hours that they run and the places it's available is... Yeah. The whole, well, we don't run till after, till past 11 o'clock on weekends. It's like. Hope you're not going to a concert, a concert or a bar or, or a basketball <laughs> game or anything. Yeah. Cause any fucking, kind of event that is going to end after yeah. 11. And they only run on Sundays when the fucking Mormon church has something going on. Yeah. When there's. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The, it, most of it is shut down on Sunday. They'll, they'll run it on Sundays during or general gen conference. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Because there's so many people around downtown. Mm-hmm. Thanks, UTA. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um so let's see, what else? What what did I do over the last oh I went and saw it too. I saw it too. And <laughs> <laughs> that, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. A lot of people are shitting on it, but I it was it was fun. It was a good time. I I liked it very much. And fucking Skarsgard as oh, fuck. Pennywise is really, really good. Like the one scene where he's rubbing the makeup on his face, I was like, you can you can actually see him in there, and it's like, that's freaky as fuck. Yeah, I think Bill Hader did a good job. Yeah. Everybody, I think, did a really good job on the show, and it was just fun. Is it hard to take Bill Hader seriously? He didn't take it serious, and he was being a jokey person for like 
eighty-five percent of the, movie, of the yeah. movie. Well, and that's oh, one really? of the that's one of the complaints that people have about the movie is that it was that it would that it tried to be too comedic. Um, but I I appreciated the little comedic but breaks. And... His character was a stand-up comedian, kind of like himself. Yeah. yeah. And in a stressful situation, he's going to what he knows. He's trying to be funny. Mm. Yeah. Well, and he's fairly serious in his new HBO show called Barry. Yeah. Showtime. Yeah. I, I like that which... show. I think I it's remember. Showtime. Is it Showtime? Mm-hmm. That's good though. I like that show. Yeah. And he's he's a pretty serious character in that. I mean, it definitely has a lot of comedy in it, but. He was serious. His character when he is to be pretty serious. serious. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, so-so about him as it is. Yeah. I like him. I like him. Uh, there, there was, a, there was a few cinematic things they did in the movie. I kind of was like, why did you do that? Like what? Uh, like there's a scene like kind of near the beginning where they decided to do a shitty day for night swap by making the whole, everything blue. Like they're walking in the street, and I'm looking, and I'm like. I'm like, this, that's a rookie move. I'm like, you <laughs> shot this during the daytime, but you wanted to make it look like it was later than it actually was. So you just flooded everything with blue colors, like in post, like made it look blue. It was like, I can tell what you did. Ah. You shot that when it was during the bright daylight and you didn't want it to be daytime. You wanted it to be nighttime. So you did a really shitty day for night fucking swap in there. And it's like, ah. uh, that didn't look good. It's See, these are things that, that video and film people would know that I don't. Yeah. There's a few times where I saw something. I'm like, why did why why did you make that like an odd like, choice? You have a good budget. Why did you go with the really low budget way of t- performing this to pull that off? Yeah. But other than that, I thought everything else. It, I thought it looked really good. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. So. Oh yeah, and it was fun. I I enjoyed it. When I went with Tracy's mother and brother, because Tracy doesn't like scary movies. Yeah. And she's actually right now watching the Downton. Downton Abbey movie. Yeah. With yeah. her mother and sister, I believe. It's just not something I'm into. Me neither. I'm sure it's a decent show. I just, it's, she loves period costume show stuff. The more British, the, mo- the better. I like some of it, but I don't know. I, if I have a choice, it's not like high on my list to watch yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, What else? Oh, I shot a 38. On Tuesday, from the Blues at Valley View, oh, I shot I'm a like, 38 on the front. I'm like, I'm like you shot a 38 special? I'm like, what's so... That's, a lot of people have that gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's too over par. That's, yeah. that's one of the best nines I've played. It, I think it's... Well, it's and it's definitely the best nine I've played all year there, so... Out of what? I was pretty happy about that. No, I'm just kidding. Out of, <laughs> out of 36 is par, <laughs> and I shot a 38 on the front from the Blues, which is which is pretty good. I was pretty yeah. pretty happy. I was thinking that if I maintained that through the the back nine that it would have given me a new scoring record but no wheels fell off on the back fucked up (laughs) (laughs) wheels fell off on the back but i've i've figured a couple things out with my drive and that's what really helped um now i need to figure out my fucking short game and my long approaches because i keep so when you're when you're in your golf swing and you take your back swing and then you come through you're on on my follow through i keep like standing up and so mm-hmm. i keep topping the fucking ball almost every shot off of the off the fairway and it's driving me nuts when i make a conscious effort to not do that then i'm usually okay but i i don't know it's just it's something i need to work on what if you stand a tiny bit closer to the ball yeah 
yeah, I could do that also. It's, you know, there's so many different little tweaks that you can do, you know, moving, Mm -hmm. moving the ball forward or, or backward in your stance, changing how, how quickly you transition to your forward swing, the, the swing plane that you have, the, Mm -hmm. where, you know, where you grip the club, how, yeah, there's a ton of little tweaks and shit. Make sure you're driving the club head through the ball. Yeah. With your irons. Yeah. Through the ball and, and not worried. That's why golf is so fucking hard. Yeah. It's because there's so many things like that. Micro adjustments on every shot. Yeah. Um, and then I had debate prep with Greg on last Saturday and that went very well. Um, it was, I, I figured it would take us a couple hours to go through stuff and I think he was here for a little over four hours or right about four hours. And I'm growing more and more anxious about this as the day approaches. Um, from everything I can find about James White, he's a presuppositionalist. And I don't know. I'm just, this is my first public debate, my first yeah. formal public debate. And it's, it's, it's causing some anxiety. Um, you know, there, there are some of the rules aren't hard and fast yet. We're still working those out. And then just, I mean, he's a very seasoned debater. He, I think he's done more than a hundred public debates. And According to him. This is, <laughs> this will be my very first one. And he's a presuppositionalist. And I don't know, it's, it makes it really difficult. It seems like a sneaky, tricky thing to, to work in there that, you know, you can't even say anything against presuppositionalism because there's no basis on which I can say anything against it because of, I have to borrow from his worldview. And that just seems like, it seems like a greasy, slimy thing to say. Like, yeah. Yeah. anything you say only confirms everything that I'm saying. It's a cheat. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So I've, I've got to try to figure out some response to that. I don't know. And then because it's, you know, two on two debate, but there's yeah. only, you know, one, one opening, opening for each side, one rebuttal, one, one closing. Cl- yeah. That's going to make it difficult. I think, um, Is I think it- Greg will probably end up just doing the whole opening. Uh, when we met, he's like, well, we could split it up and then, but I'm going to have to cut back some of my time on stuff. So uh, I think we'll just have him do the full opening and then maybe I'll do the rebuttal. Is it set to but, be a two-hour debate, or is it? Yeah, yeah. It's from seven to nine at the Behavioral and Social Health Sciences Building Auditorium at the University of Utah. I'll have to Google that. October third at seven p.m. It's where your uncle is. The, ah. <laughs> the all of the information is posted on Atheists of Utah's event page on Facebook and also whatever church is sponsoring this. I can't even remember the name of of the church but i mean i'll be there so if anybody listening wants to come and join our cheer section for dan you're you're more than welcome to come join us yes everybody come and witness dan's embarrassing moments <laughs> <laughs> where he's gonna crash and burn really I think, hard I'm i sure. think you'll do you'll do great thanks man i i have some real concerns but it i mean either way i'm gonna learn from it so that's good yeah and if I learn that I should never do this again, then that's probably a really good thing to figure out now. Um, but no, it'll, it'll be fun either way. I'm sure. I just hope I don't suck too hard because like I say, he's, he's a very seasoned debater. He knows what he's talking about. He's clearly studied the Bible front to back. He has helped rewrite like a newer, more modern version of the Bible. Wait, so he's got 
No. I thought only God wrote the Bible. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's it's fixing some transcription tra- oh. and uh, tra- uh, translation problems. Like and... Joseph did when he did the second Book of Mormon. Sure. Okay. <laughs> fixing minor errors here and there. Okay. And it, it's not that, you know, it's anything wrong with what God has said or anything. It's just. You know, language errors as you're as you're translating and transcribing things from one language to another and that kind of stuff. Mm. Other than that, the Bible's perfect. <laughs> so he's just continuing the game of telephone. Kind of. But I mean he like I said, he's clearly studied it a whole lot. He like I said, worked on this panel to fix or or pu- publish a newer version of the Bible where they say they have fixed some things that were wrong some translation issues and stuff like that. And he's a smart guy. I mean, he's debated people like Dan Barker, uh, David Silverman, um, other prominent names in the atheist movement. And yeah, so it'll be, it'll be a a very big challenge. And, but I, I think what works in our favor is the premise of the debate. Yeah. That not only does God exist, but does the triune God of the Bible exist? And that I think is a pretty heavy lift for their side. So I don't know, kind of evens out maybe a little bit. I hope <laughs> that, that they have to prove something, you know, that specific. And I'm not at all. I mean, like I said, this will be my first formal debate. So hopefully that'll, that'll work out, but I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm, if you haven't, if you haven't been able to tell because I am stumbling over my words and everything yeah. now, I'm really, I'm feeling very anxious about it. It's, causing some anxiety whenever I think about it late at night. Like, Uh, have I studied enough about this? Do I know enough? What else can I look into? And then I have little panic attacks. (laughs) It'll be, it'll be awesome. It'll be great. I'm so looking forward to it. (laughs) Uh, But we have a bunch of other things to talk about on today's show. We'll do that when we get back. Okay. Hi, this is Christine Stenquist with Truce, together for responsible use in cannabis education. If you're interested in medical cannabis in Utah, follow us on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truce Utah. If you're interested in donating to our awesome nonprofit, go to truceutah.org. And thank you so much for listening to the Godless Revolution podcast. There is a man from the land of Uz. Book of Job. Book of Job. Story of God's perfect servant, Job. He prayed every day at dawn with his knees on the ground, his face in the dirt. Slaughtered ten goats, one for each of his children, and burned them at the altar in God's honor. Of all God's soldiers, Job, he was the most loyal. I know the story, Matthew. Oh, then you know what happens next. God murdered all ten of his children in cold blood. Scorched every inch of Job's land, lashed at his body till his skin was covered in bloody welts. God rained shit and misery on the life of his most perfect servant and still. Job and not curse him. You know what I realized? Job was a pussy. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. So before the break, we were talking about double mint gum. Yeah. And trying to listen to the commercial and our sound settings are all fucked up because Microsoft publishes updates that fuck up my sound settings all the time. But we did find several different commercials. This one is pretty much the mainstream of what we were talking about with the double mint cum twins double, everywhere double, yeah. double mint cum 
<laughs> oh, man, this is like... It's like every bad 80s comedy show, all of the openings for all of the old 80s shows like Full House and shit where it's yep. little clips of them doing something silly and then looking at the camera like, oh, I'm yeah. so silly. There's no single gum like it. It's kind of like when you want to make a shitty, funny commercial, mm -hmm. you emulate that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's look at let's look at really terrible things that we used to do in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And recreate it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were hugely successful back then, and now we can relive about how silly they are. Mm. Mm -hmm. No. Speaking of silly things. Yeah. Oh, segway. <laughs> We've got, uh, I'm still feeling, <clears throat> so during the break, I was telling these guys that I'm not bullshitting about the anxiety that the debate is causing, like late at night as I'm laying in bed or sitting in the kitchen or doing whatever. It's just like, I start thinking about the debate and what I need to do and what else I need to look at and how terrible this could potentially go. And it starts feeling like, Someone has sucked the oxygen out of the room. It's just like, oh, is there enough air in here right now? I just, I can't seem to catch my breath right now. It's just, it's a little, who, who am I? Yeah. Still having, just, just even talking about it gives me a little anxiety. Talking about the anxiety that it causes, causes anxiety. Anxiety <laughs> oh, induced anxiety. It'll be good. It'll be fun. I'll learn stuff. Yeah. It'll be enjoyable. Yeah. But speaking, Speaking of uh, old old things that are silly, um, it's it's nice to see that Tennessee's living up to all of their really terrible stereotypes that people have about Tennessee. Always. I can't remember, and I apologize for whichever listener sent us this story originally, and it's been a little while because we had guests on and other things, yeah. and I haven't been able to get to it, but I thought this was interesting that according to the independent Harry Potter books removed from school library because they contain real curses and spells. I, I, if they're so real, try them out and see what happens. Yeah, like, how hard is it to test the claim? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says, Reverend Dan Rehill, pastor of St. Edward Catholic School in Nashville, Tennessee, says he consulted with Vatican exorcists <laughs> before making the unpopular decision. Uh, Vatican exorcists. I mean, if you're going to go to an authority on, you know, stupid bullshit, you should absolutely go to mm, the Catholic yeah. exorcists. <laughs> I wonder if, if the exorcist was like, yep, no joke. I used that one from Harry Potter to vanquish a demon in Rome. <laughs> Dude, you should see me fly around in a broom. It's wicked cool, <laughs> but we don't want kids in school doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the chaos? Uh, this story says, a Roman Catholic school in Tennessee has banished J.K. Rowling's universally popular series of Harry Potter novels from its library shelves after its pastor took exception to their portrayal of magic. Warning, the spells and curses the author describes are real and... Risk conjuring evil spirits when read. Oh. Mm -hmm. The Reverend Dan Rehill explained his decision in an email to the parents of students at St. Edward Catholic School in Nashville, declaring that he had consulted with exorcists in the U.S. and at the mm. Vatican before outlawing the seven-volume tale of the boy wizard's career at Hogwarts and his battle against Lord Voldemort and the forces of darkness. Now, just these books are extremely popular. Mm -hmm. They've been read millions of times. Yeah. How many people have had weird 
spirits conjured from their book while reading it in their house. <laughs> I'd imagine if, all of them. If it, if it was true, there would be shitloads everywhere and all these kids would be dead. <laughs> Story continues with a quote from Reverend Dan Rehill where he says, These books present magic as both good and evil, which is not true, but in fact a clever deception. <laughs> The curses and spells used in these books are actual curses and spells, which when read by a human being risk conjuring evil spirits into the presence of the person reading the text. He wrote, apparently in all seriousness. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> that's, and that's actually in the story. That, that, yeah. That's that, that what is. he wrote in all seriousness. The other thing about it too is when did this, when did this book come out? 2000, 99, oh, 98, I don't know, something Late like that. 90s, I think, yeah. So it yeah. takes 20 years for the righteous people to actually figure it out. <laughs> but <laughs> they're just a little behind the curve. I just got, I'm, I got a little bit of the confusion here. So there's no such thing as a good or, or evil. Yes, a priest. Or good, good spells. They're oh. all evil. They're all bad. Oh, sure. Yet he goes to exorcists who use their spells to get rid of, Evil. So, won't those be good spells that these exorcists <laughs> use? Right. Uh, the story continues and says Rebecca Hamill, the superintendent of schools for the Catholic Diocese of Nashville, told the Tennessean that the Reverend Rehill had indeed sent the email and has the final say on the matter since the Catholic Church does not have an official position on Ms. Rowling's best-selling series. <laughs> Each pastor has uh, a canonical authority to make such decisions for his parish school, she said. He's well within his authority to act in that manner. Okay. The school has recently opened a new library for its students, Ms. Hamill explained, prompting the faculty to reassess its catalog. I know that in the process they were going through and kind of weeding out some of the content in hopes of sprucing it up and improving the circulation, she said. <laughs> Ms. Hamill did say the school would not stand in the way of students reading Harry Potter at their parents' discretion. Ah, should parents deem that this or any other media to be appropriate, we would hope that they would just go that they would just guide their sons and daughters to understand the content through the lens of our faith, Hamill said. So she's saying, I want you to put on bullshit tinted lenses yep. and then read these books. I think what she's really saying is, while you read this book, make sure mommy's praying next to you so none of them evil spirits jump out. <laughs> we really don't get into censorship in such selections other than making sure that we put in our school libraries is age-appropriate materials for our classrooms. Like the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking about, you know, murdering people and children incest. and rape and incest and... More yeah. murder. Dragons and talking donkeys and talking snakes. Torture. Speaking of the Bible, maybe this is how it got started. Someone wrote a fantasy novel and everyone's like, them spells is real. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny to me uh, that, you know, he's, he's saying that we can't have this because these spells are real and they could conjure up demonic people in the presence of people who are reading it in their homes or wherever. Dude, you pray all the time. You're trying to cast yeah. magic spells every fucking time you do that. Yep. You just think that your magic is so much more special. And if it's a real concern, is that saying that your magic isn't strong enough to handle this other magic? Yeah, I mean, what's the difference between Hocus Pocus and Dear Lord? <laughs> <laughs> well, that magic is dark magic, and it could be more powerful. Or you may even you may need to not even know how to comprehend it or, or, <laughs> or handle it. It's just going to overwhelm you with that demonic, satanic presence in you, in, in when you're reading this book. It's just going to be awful and bad. It, re it reminds me of that shitty ghost hunter guy from that shitty ghost hunter TV show. 
that made a whole shitty you documentary. You mean like every ghost hunter like, yeah. No, like, I'm talking about like the real, like the guy that always wore the affliction The real ghost hunter. The real douchebaggy <laughs> one. Uh, Which one? There's so many. Uh, like Josh you... Baggins? Something, Zach Baggins? Uh, I don't know. He had the paranormal something. I can't remember the <laughs> He had a really horrible show. Uh, Guys left because they said it's fake as shit. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, like they're, they're real ghost hunting. Well, he thinks he is. Yeah, that one is. But garbage. he bought he bought that house that supposedly had the portal to hell in it. Mm. Won't allow anyone else in there to do any research on the place. Research. I'm uh, just trying to protect you. Made a full documentary movie about the place and then had it torn down. <laughs> he said it was I too evil for anyone else to go in there. You gotta I believe can't me. Leave this gateway to hell yeah, open. Pretty much. He's like, so I tore it down. So now you just, I, look at my shit. Here it is. No one else can look at it because I tore the place down. <laughs> oh. Well, not only did he tear it down, yeah. he had the place torn up down and then the contents of the house put into uh, storage container boxes and locked away so that way the whatever evil spirits were latched onto it wouldn't end up in a city dump and be found out or i don't know he had some weird ritualistic reason for putting all the contents of it in the storage containers so that way it couldn't get out <laughs> these are ghosts who can travel through walls and shit but this shipping it's container ought to hold it's them. gonna hold it it's like the fucking <laughs> the fucking building that they put the ark in at the end of a uh, uh fucking indiana jones uh-huh. the big warehouse yeah <laughs> That's where it is. It'll just stay here forever. As long as nobody disturbs it, it'll be it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> they need to feel a live spirit in, in the area before they'll decide to come out and harass you. Otherwise, they're just going to take a nap. <laughs> they're just going just gonna to hang out in the shipping container. They've got nothing else to yeah, do. Yeah, we, we left it plenty of milk and cookies. <laughs> it's just stupid bullshit. I can't believe some of the silly things that people do in the name of religion. And they're adults. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, kind of. I mean, they're... Physically? Yeah. Chronologically, adulthood has been reached, but... That's what my mom says about me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, your mom's awesome. (laughs) What did you bring for us this week, Matt? I'm I'm throwing you on the spot, sorry. It's all right. Uh, Let me just uh, make some paper ruffling noises with my mouth real quick. (laughs) (laughs) This is a story-ish by Adam Lee. Mr. Adam Lee. I don't know who he is. Adam Lee. Oh. He's an atheist. Oh, okay. Um, When the obituary is written for Christianity in America, Fields versus Speaker of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives will merit at least a footnote. In this verdict, a federal court ruled that the Pennsylvania legislature could invite guest chaplains to offer prayers uh, opening prayers while barring atheists from giving secular invocations. Oh. It's clear that the intent and effect is to favor Christianity. Although the state house has had few token representatives of other religions, the overwhelming majority of legislative prayers, over 90% have been given by Christian clergy. Well, that just makes sense. Cause we's all Christians or most it's of a, us are Christians. It's a Christian here in the nation. States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, This is a disastrous decision. It consigns Pennsylvania's atheist and agnostic citizens to second-class status, denying them equal opportunity before the law and shutting them out from the elected officials who are supposed to represent them. It's the definition of a religious test, something the U.S. Constitution explicitly forbids. The court's ruling sidestepped these arguments and asserted that legislative prayer passes muster merely because of historical tradition— 
an absurd argument that implies that constitutional violations become okay if they've gone on for long enough. Also ignores the most historical of traditions in the Constitution itself, right? Which is... If they're going by historical tradition, but ignoring the Constitution... Oh, yeah. Then there's already a problem with that. Yeah. I have a message to religious conservatives who are cheering. Be careful what you wish for. The more that state and church are entangled, the worse it will be for the church. Of course, since I'm an atheist, I might be accused of offering this advice in bad faith. Apologists might say that Christianity is on the verge of revival and that I'm seeking to sabotage them at the moment of triumph. To this, I say, have you seen Europe lately? (laughs) (laughs) Europe has tied church to state for centuries, but instead of helping the church, this bond has drained it of vitality. Christianity as a faith is on life support all over the continent. In over a dozen countries, congregations are shrinking and graying. Absolutely, or absolute majorities of the young profess no religious belief. Vacant churches are being converted into bookstores, gyms, pubs, and skating rinks. America is headed down the same road. Although we don't yet have an official, officially established religion, the Republican Party has tied Christianity tightly to a narrowly partisan and conservative set of policy priorities. Mm-hmm. They've spent the past several decades insisting that being Christian meant politically opposing LGBTQ rights, reproductive choice, and science, supporting war and tax cuts for the rich. More recently, pro-family evangelicals in the 90s offered thundering denunciations of President Bill Clinton's admitted infidelity. Then since the last presidential election, um all but bowed down to worship a Republican president who has twice divorced, bragged about sexually assaulting women, and paid hush money to cover up his affairs. Mm-hmm. Now some Christian leaders are further cheering the separation of immigrant families, particularly at the border, as well as the brutal treatment of asylum seekers, while demanding that the borders be slammed shut to keep out the tired, the poor, and the huddled masses yearning to breathe free. When such Christian leaders loudly insist that you can't be Christian if you don't vote Republican or if you disagree with any part of the agenda, people act accordingly. They note the obvious hypocrisy, they become disillusioned and cynical about religion's claims to moral superiority, and they head for the exits. And the demographics bear this out. The United States is heading down the same path of religious rejection as Europe. Less than a third of Americans say that they attend church weekly, and a uh, a record low percentage of people say that they have confidence in organized religion. The two largest Christian denominations, Southern Baptists and Roman Catholics, have seen their membership sink to multi-decade lows. Meanwhile, the non-religious have seen surging numbers. For the first time, they're they're in a tie for first among religious demographics. So that's interesting. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's not like our population is decreasing in size. It's still increasing, certainly not as fast as it has in past decades, Mm -hmm. but the population is still going up and the overall numbers as a percentage of the population are still going down in churches across the nation. Mm -hmm. The withering of Christianity is especially apparent among the young. Millennials were dubbed the least Christian generation in American history until the next generation, the up-and-coming Generation Z, took that title from them. According to the polling firm Barna Research, as little as 4% of teenagers hold what they define as a biblical worldview. 4%, that's tiny. Wow. The conservative commentator Peter Weiner <laughs> quotes a friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just redundant. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quotes a friend who laments, we're losing an entire generation. They're just gone. It's one of the worst things that can happen to the church. <laughs> and yet we're still getting rulings like fields in Pennsylvania, privileging religion and de facto Christianity above all else. With a newly conservative Supreme Court majority, it's unlikely the ruling will be overturned, which means we can expect more states to follow Pennsylvania's lead and ladle out special privileges for Christianity. But government favoritism won't reverse the decline in America's religiosity. It will accelerate it. As Europe's example shows, when churches are propped up by the government, people lose interest in following religion of their own free will. In their pursuit of worldly power and dominion, American churches, especially conservative ones, threw away the moral authority they once possessed. Now, as their prestige declines and their membership ebbs, they're clutching at state support. They think it's a lifeline that will save them. Instead, it will prove to be a millstone that drags them yet further down. We can only hope. Yeah. Because we see it happening all over the place. It's an interesting take. Yeah. And it's disheartening to see even the quote-unquote liberals on the Supreme Court often siding with cases like this. Well, they're all Catholics. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah they're all religious people. I mean, it's their religious beliefs have poisoned everything that they do, and so I'm not surprised mm-hmm. necessarily that they go along with it. But it is disheartening and disappointing that yeah. you know these yeah. these people who are supposed to be the arbiters of law are going against what the law actually says because of tradition. The law doesn't say there <laughs> that we should have a separation of religion and government as as, as long, long as, as it hasn't been a tradition that yeah. you know they have mingled right that's not what it says and so yeah it's it's disheartening and hey yeah, and the frustrating bit about that is that even though everyone recognizes well even though the 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 way that the country works is that we try to get our side of the aisle seated on the supreme court and then there's usually some of one group and some of another of the other political party. There are never any representatives of the faithless. Yeah. So we we go unrepresented un unrepresented <laughs> in the Supreme Court. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and we are underrepresented all throughout government agencies mm-hmm. and I mean, you, when you look I think at the you House, mean the unrepresented. Senate, the, <laughs> any any government agency or government body that you look at, we are hugely underrepresented as far as our numbers go. And I only, you know, I can only hope that the that the coming generations will not only realize that and run for office, but that they'll actually get out and vote. Yeah. You know, the the reason that these fuckers are in power in the first place is because. The people who agree with them go out and vote, and the people who disagree stay home. They they don't vote. So your vote matters. I hope everybody gets registered to vote and actually goes out and votes according to your beliefs and and preferences. You know, hopefully you're going to be voting blue, but at this point, I just wish that more people were actively involved and knew what the fuck was going on instead of, eh, it doesn't really concern me, doesn't really affect me, it doesn't, you know, what my single vote isn't going to make a change. Well, well, you know, when your single vote is counted with the single votes of every other person who agrees with you, then yeah, it does thousands. make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You Millions. just need to get out and actually fucking vote. And that hasn't been the trend that we've seen. I mean, we saw with Obama a lot more young people getting out to vote. Yeah. But that didn't happen with Trump and Hillary, no. and a lot of that is because she was an uninspiring candidate or whatever. But I mean, 
you oh. still you still should go out and vote even if they're not inspiring for you because otherwise you end up with fucking clowns in the Oval yeah. Office. I mean, Obama got elected with some of the highest voter turnouts mm-hmm. and Trump got elected with some of the lowest. Yeah. And he still lost the popular vote. Yeah. Because he's that much of a dickhead. And he doesn't like to... Sh- he, I never heard him say like, oh, we had the most people elect me. Like, no, like you had... Well, actually, you know, aside from all of the millions of votes that were cast illegally by illegal immigrants, uh, you know, the the oranges of which we don't really know, but I think they're all Mexican, you know, Mexicans from Guatemala and Mexicans from El Salvador, Mexicans from all of those shithole countries, you know what I mean? I think more people voted for McCain than voted for Trump when Uh, McCain lost. Probably. We'd have to double check that. That might be true. I thought it was. Could be. Well, we'll check on that in the break, and then we'll come back and let you know for sure. Aloha, everybody. This is Nico Gonzalez, former Jehovah's Witness and a content producer for the Conversations with God podcast. Be on the lookout for my own show, coming soon, called If I Was God. You're listening to The Godless Revolution. Dad, today at school, my teacher said we evolved from other animals. That's not true, is it? Of course not, Stephen. We were created by Monkey God in his monkey image. But how do we know for sure God's a monkey? Well, do you think God throws his own poop and enjoys jumping up and down in place? Yeah. And do you think when he's eating bananas, he periodically stops chewing and looks around with an angry expression to make sure no one's plotting to steal them? Yeah. And do you think his ass is slightly less hairy than the rest of his body? Yeah. Then there's your answer, champ. Okay, but how do we know God really loves us? Because his son died for our sins. Monkey Jesus could have ripped off the Romans' arms and masturbated all over their bodies, but he chose love instead. And I think that makes him pretty darn special. Cool. Thanks, Dad. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. So we're not coming back from this one with, like, no more outdated uh, advertisements from the 80s and shit? (laughs) I figure, you know, one segment of that per show is is enough. Yeah. I'm glad we got rid of all those old outdated commercials and we've gone over it and made yes. better commercials nowadays. Sure, because, just, you know, being outdated is is something yeah. that we should always be can't, mindful of. Yeah. We can't Change go back as far as the eighties. No. <laughs> no. Uh so we're 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 attempting a segue into into this story <laughs> coming to us from Dead State. Uh, this is a Minnesota public school board chairwoman. Uh, Evolution is outdated because it was discovered in the 1800s. How the fuck can you even <laughs> say that? Oh, well, uh, let's find out. Uh, Brainerd, Minnesota, during a board meeting that included a presentation on the biology curriculum to be taught at a local high school, the chairwoman of the Brainerd School Board questioned the validity of teaching evolution, suggesting that it's an outdated theory that's incompatible with Christian beliefs. But wait. How old is that Christian belief? (laughs) According (laughs) to the Star Tribune, Sue Kern spoke up during the meeting saying she had a question about evolution. You know, Darwin's theory was done in the mid-1800s and it's never been proven, she said. So I'm Uh, wondering why we're still teaching it. uh, (laughs) So maybe it's because people like you don't fucking understand evolution and that's why we still need to teach it? Yeah. It's it's the basic foundation for all life on Earth. 
maybe you shouldn't speak these outdated words coming out of your mouth in the form of English. <laughs> when district staff who gave the presentation pointed out to Kern that Darwin's theory of evolution has only gotten stronger as the time has gone on, she wondered about those whose religious beliefs reject evolution. How do you tell them? Kern asked. This is science, and science doesn't deal with a belief system, Brainerd science teacher Craig Rezek shot back. We deal with facts. It doesn't have to be a dilemma or a concern with someone to choose between evolution or Christianity, he added. You can actually embrace both. Um, sort of. No, not in, uh, you gotta jump intellectually, all kinds you can't of embrace both. Yeah. And, well, and I've heard even, like, quote-unquote Christian scholars say that, well, sure, evolution may be happening, but it's on a, it's on a micro level, not or the macro level. it was started by God. Yeah, and, you know, we start out with kinds, and then those kinds can mix Shut together. Shut up, Ken. <laughs> Ken, be quiet. Go back to your fucking ark. That's pretty ham-fisted <laughs> argument. Uh, <laughs> after the exchange made local news, Brainerd Public Schools Superintendent Lane Larson issued a statement saying that Kern's comments reflect her personal views and do not reflect the views of the Board of Education as a whole or the Brainerd Public School District. District's approved science curriculum aligns with the Minnesota State Standards, the statement read, adding that the Board of Education unanimously approved the science and biology curriculum at Monday's meeting. From the Star Tribune, Minnesota courts have upheld the teaching of evolution. In 2001, the State Court of Appeals upheld the removal of a Faribault biology teacher Rod Levake sounds like a Utah name it does who argued that teaching evolution violated his Christian beliefs uh, he was reassigned to teach science in a lower grade <laughs> where they didn't teach evolution where evolution wasn't part of the oh curriculum fuck. <laughs> okay if you have a problem with teaching evolution at this grade level we'll just move you down to the kitty table where you that's can that's what should be happening things. yeah they, that's exactly yeah. what they should do no, they should have reassigned him the lunch lady <laughs> yeah sure Speaking to the Tribune, University of Minnesota biology professor Randy Moore says that disputes about evolution have been going on in schools for a hundred years, adding that some teachers either downplay evolution or don't teach it at all because they're afraid for religious or local political reasons, which is something else that is hugely disconcerting, yeah. right? That just because there are a bunch of dummies out there who don't understand evolution and who think that even contemplating the idea of evolution is an evil, unbiblical sin, because of their ridiculous religious beliefs, they won't even allow actual science to be taught. And that's mm -hmm. how we get flat earthers. That's how we get flat earthers. It stifles innovation. It stifles thought. It's it's kind of like here in, in Utah with our lovely Gail Rizikia and the Eagle Forum trying to get them to only teach abstinence. Mm-hmm. Abstinence only is the way to go. If you start teaching kids about sex, then they're going to want to have sex. No, they're going to want to have fucking sex regardless. Yeah. You should teach them no, how to do it, it safely. safely. Yeah. There's a reason why, what was it? Was it chlamydia? One of the STDs that's like... It's chlamydia. That, that, that Utah has like the highest rate of... Yeah. Yep, because... They don't teach how to have safe sex. Yeah. There's, it's all about don't do it. Well, don't do it because bad things can happen. Not, well, not, we see the bad things happening because you're not teaching yeah. them how to do it safely. Not only do they do it, they do it a lot with a lot of different partners in an unsafe manner. Well, it, <laughs> I wonder if they would have abstinence-only gun courses where you Good. never actually fire, fire the, the gun, gun at all. Just sits there. Right. Yeah. I think I practice that now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like they don't they don't seem to be able to put those things together like 
we need to teach gun safety so the people who are using guns are safe when they do it. Right, yeah. right. No, we should teach oh. that you shouldn't have any Never guns. Never use which, it. Yeah. yeah, which is, I think that would be okay probably. So maybe this isn't the strongest argument in favor of my position, but it still seems silly that they would be using yeah. it when they don't want to, they don't, they don't teach abstinence only gun control. Well, spe- speaking of guns, mm-hmm. did you see who will no longer be manufacturing AR-15s for civilians anymore? Uh, Colt 45. Colt. <laughs> Colt is no longer going to be manufacturing AR-15s for civilians. I saw that. Does that mean all the Second Amendment gun nuts are going to boycott Colt now? <laughs> no, because they'll still be making them for our troops. They just won't be making them for, you know, people like me me who yeah, want who wants to it. play with it also myself. Just, just like when every other store boycotts or says, we're no longer going to sell that. You boycott them. Mm-hmm. Like I saw there's all the fucking conservatives were out there like, we're going to boycott Walmart from September 1st <laughs> to, to September 3rd. Just just the month of September. We can't go more than a month without Walmart. So we're just going to do it for a month. <laughs> you know, well, well, because then they'll recognize the full economic impact of our of our boycott. If we do it for a limited time and then they can see their sales drop over that period of time and then go back up once we stop the boycott, then they'll know yeah. the kind of power that we wield. I'm a, I guess I can see the point of that, but. But Costco don't take my food stamps, so I'm back to Walmart. <laughs> uh, well, and I would just love for, you know, the people who do boycotts like like when Nike did its thing with Colin Kaepernick yeah. and people were burning and destroying all of their Nike gear. Which uh, makes no you sense. You should go and destroy all of your cult guns. Yep. You should get right on that. Yeah. Do it now. Don't wait. Don't pass go. Don't, don't do, don't collect your $200, just go and destroy your guns. But any cult weapon that you have, you should destroy it. Did you see Colt's reason for why they didn't want to do it anymore? Maybe. They said, they said, there's already, the market's flooded with AR-15s already, so why make more? Oh, really? There are so many guns out there. That, I mean, that's maybe basically what the should. thing was like. There's so <laughs> many out there. Economically, it doesn't make sense for us to make more of those. Well, that's yeah. not really a good reason. I mean, it's a fine reason, but it's not, it's not a moral reason. No, it was oh, it no, was a yeah. business reason being like there are so many AR-15s out there in the civilian world that we don't really you can't the make a profit market is saturated. On it. I thought yeah. maybe they were doing the right thing. No, the market yeah, like Dan said the market's saturated with them so they're like we don't make money making those. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And the market's so saturated that prices drop on them so Huh. Yeah. I see. What else did you bring for us today, Matt? Well, this comes to us from Illinois. Oh, Illinois. Fox News. Four students at Wheaton Wheaton College mm. in Illinois are accusing the city of Chicago, Chicago, of infringing on their free speech rights, claiming that newly implemented rules prohibit them from congregating and handing out religious pamphlets in Millennium Park. What about my free speech? Mm-hmm. Okay. The students, who are all members of the Christian College's Chicago Evangelism team, say their mission is to proclaim the gospel in the city of Chicago to whomever we find there. Okay. Without realizing other people also have rights. Well, but so so far, it it does sound (laughs) what they want to do is legal. Millennium Park is a a public space. Okay. So... The lawsuit filed Wednesday alleges that the students were approached by park supervisors on several occasions beginning in December of last year and to the and told them to stop handing out pav- pamphlets pamphlets yes <laughs> and free religious literature or preaching their evangelical message the supervisors informed the group members that there were 
uh, soliciting the, they were soliciting the public to subscribe to their beliefs and therefore in violation of a Chicago ordinance. Ah, mm. so local ordinance is uh, solicitation. Millennium Park is operated by the city's department, uh, uh, Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events. It's divided into eleven quote rooms or sections of uh, to showcase various forms of art yeah. and prohibits the making of speeches and passing out of written communications <laughs> in okay. 10 of the rooms, according to the city's website. The restricted area includes the Bean, yep. a popular tourist attraction that the college students say is prime real estate for spreading their message. I want to flick it. Because it's where all the <laughs> fucking tourists go. But city mm-hmm. rules explicitly prohibit any, quote, conduct that objectively interferes Close quote, with patrons and park goers ability to enjoy the featured art. I understand that. Yeah, don't be it's, bothering people. I mean, that park, it's a famous park. Yeah. It's a very touristy area. Yeah. So they want to keep it that way, keep people enjoying it. They don't want people doing like, uh, what's, there's that famous park in, uh, is it London? Where they stand on their soapboxes and they, mm-hmm. they have their debates. Well, that's allowed there. I mean, it's a, but... They don't want that going on there. It's more yeah. of a sideshow type act there, yeah. though. Like, people don't really pay them much attention as far as I understand. I've seen some things where you get some pretty big groups going and guys going back and forth and the crowds. I mean, but... But people people aren't... I mean... They these, go there for that, though. Yeah, they're being entertained. But yeah. these, these guys don't come down off their boxes and start... Handing out papers. Indi- yeah, and, to and, individual and, crowd members, do they? Uh, not as far as I know, no. Yeah, well, and no. the other thing here, too, is that they're saying that nobody can pass out nobody. pamphlets. It's not Christians right. can't yeah. pass out right. pamphlets. Right, right. It's nobody can go yeah. and pass out if yeah. pamphlets. If we went there as a group of atheists, we would be have the same consequences as so that. So yeah. it's another case of Christians thinking that they should be able to get privilege. Yeah, yeah. They're trying yeah. to extend their privilege to do what they want just because of their religious beliefs. Right. Now, they should just go to a different public park where they don't have that ordinance. Right. Or just stay at home. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not fucking bother people who don't want to be bothered. Yeah. You're like a door-to-door fucking salesman out bothering people who are just <laughs> out there park. to enjoy something else. Yeah. If they want those kinds of things, they know where to go and fucking find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The plaintiffs, Matt Swart, Jeremy Chong, Gabriel Emerson, Emerson, and Caden Hood, say they were given copies of the new ordinances this past April and stopped gathering at the park. They say the ordinances infringe on their First Amendment right of freedom of speech and religion. An attorney for the students sent a letter to the city's commissioner of cultural affairs in January and May asking them to change the rules to allow the customary, vibrant, colorful, energetic, and vigorous exchange of ideas that have always characterized America's best public places. (laughs) But to no avail, the Chicago Tribune reported. The students are now arguing that the park is a public forum and that they should be able to congregate and speak freely and distribute free literature without restrictions. This isn't just about evangelists, attorney John Mock told the newspaper. This is for politicians campaigning, political activists, and whoever wants free, whoever else wants free speech. We didn't want it to get to this point, Swart said. But yeah, you did, because yeah. you got an attorney. Mm-hmm. Our desire is simply to share the gospel in the park. Well, well and to go to a different park. Yeah, well, he's probably referring to the fact that they didn't want to have to file a court case. We were hoping that they would yeah, just perhaps. roll over and let us yeah. do whatever the fuck we wanted without having to go through the court system. Even though there's already an ordinance in place for this very thing. Yeah. Probably because of people just like me. Yeah. 
probably because they got tired of handling complaints from people who are like, Hey man, I went out to go see the bean and I'm being harassed. Yeah. It's it's like walking down the Vegas strip and people handing me all kinds yeah, of fucking yeah. pamphlets to come and see their skin flicks or their, their girly shows or whatever the fuck Listen is going on. Listen to their on. rap demo tape. Yeah. Yeah. Just leave me the fuck alone. I'm here doing my touristy thing. Yeah. I don't want to be bothered by you. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, I guess thinking of that, not as a park, but as an art exhibit, it's an outdoor art museum almost. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. With giant yeah. sculptures and. Yeah, and I would imagine that there are, are rules against distributing pamphlets and shit in all kinds of places yeah. like that. That that's not you know people aren't going there to be to have flyers distributed to them. They're going there for whatever other reason, depending on the venue mm-hmm. that they went there in the first place. If they wanted to learn more about your church, they can go and find that elsewhere. That's not what they fucking showed up for. They need to do what Banksy did. Maybe not him, but this thing makes you think of Banksy a little bit. Yeah. There's a spot in Venice where a lot of artists set up and they paint and they sell their paintings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, Banksy went there and he wasn't, didn't have a permit, nothing. And he did a painting Hmm. and he got arrested while doing it. And someone else, the camera, his camera crew shows what he was painting. And he was painting a, a a scene of Venice with a giant uh, uh, cruise ship coming down the canal. (laughs) <laughs> then the guy turns the camera around, uh-huh. and there's a cruise ship parked in the fucking channel in Venice. <laughs> he's like, he's just showing reality. All these other artists are doing, like, fancy portraits of Venice, making it seem all classy and lovely and stuff. And he's just painting what's actually fucking here. Dude, have you ever seen any of those cruise ships up close? D- no, but... Some of the big ones? They're fucking enormous, enormous yeah. man. They're giant. Yeah. I can't fucking believe how big these things are. I went on a cruise on what I guess is kind of a smallish boat, and it took you, you know, five or six minutes to walk from one end of the boat to the other at a good clip, and I didn't explore all parts of the boat, and some of these other ships that I see out there and in commercials and stuff, I'm like, holy fuck, it's it's a floating city, is yeah. what it is. I remember when I was a kid, my grandfather took me up in northern Wisconsin to go fishing on uh, Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. and we went by a place that took apart old boats mm-hmm. like cruise ships and stuff mm-hmm. my grandpa's like oh this one's been here for like 20 years they're just as they're just picking away at the skeleton away deck by deck and yeah. i'm like that thing it's just a giant skeleton in this dry dock just fucking enormous yeah and that was probably small i was like 12 years old mm-hmm. compared to what's on the fucking ocean now yeah they're, oh yeah they're crazy it's insane i can't believe how big they are i can't wait for water world to be true <laughs> <laughs> have you got more for us sure A few weeks ago, the Democratic National Committee formally acknowledged what has been evident for quite some time. Non-religious voters are a critical part of the party's base. Yeah. In a one-page resolution passed at its annual summer meeting, the DNC called on Democratic politicians to recognize and celebrate the the contributions of non-religious Americans who make up one-third of Democrats. Yay! That's a a big chunk. That's bigger than any Mm. other religious affiliation, yeah. In response, Robert Jeffress, a Dallas pastor with close ties to Trump, appeared on Fox News saying that the Democrats were finally admitting they are a godless party. <laughs> what a turd. I think we watched uh, this. I can't remember if we covered it on, on the show or not. I think we did. Robert Jeffress's appearance on Fox News talking mm. about this, about the Democrats. The good without mm. them. We finally, those, you know, finally admitting to the world that they're the godless party. The yeah. good without God stuff. What? It was when he said you can't be good without God. I don't know. I can't yeah, remember maybe. if you said that or not. Yeah. Probably. 
this was hardly a new argument. Conservative Christian leaders have been repeating some version of this claim for years and have often called on religious conservatives and Republican politicians to defend the country against a growing wave of liberal secularism. And it's true that liberals have been leaving organized religion in high numbers over the past few decades. But blaming the Democrats, as Jefferson and others are wont to do, doesn't capture the profound role that conservative Christian activists have played in transforming the country's religious landscape, and the role they appear to have played in liberals' rejection of organized religion. Yeah, when you get a bunch of lunatics talking about how much they love Jesus and here's why, people run from that kind of shit. It's like, you sound like a crazy person. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Mm Mm-hmm. Researchers haven't found a comprehensive explanation for why the number of religiously unaffiliated Americans has increased over the past few years. The shift is far too large and too complex. But a recent swell of social science research suggests that even if politics wasn't the sole culprit, it was an important contributor. Well, you know, Matt, it's just a sure sign that we're in the last days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Politics can drive whether you identify with a faith, how strongly you identify with that faith, and how religious you are, says Michelle Margolis, a political science professor at the University of Pennsylvania. And some people on the left are falling away from religion because they see it as so wrapped up with Republican politics. Over the course of a single generation, the country has gotten a lot less religious. As recently as the early 1990s, less than 10% of Americans lacked a formal religious affiliation, and liberals weren't all that much likelier to be non-religious than the public overall. Today, however, nearly one in four Americans are religiously unaffiliated. That includes almost 40% of liberals, up to 12% in 1990, according to the 2018 General Social Survey. Um, They share... The the share of conservatives and moderates who have no religion, meanwhile, has risen less dramatically. The result is that today most people's political ideology is more tightly tethered to their religious identity. The overlap is far from complete. There are still some secular co- uh, conservatives and even more religious liberals. In fact, the majority of the Democratic voters are religiously affiliated. But the more liberal you are, the less likely you are to belong to a faith. Whereas if you're a conservative you're more likely to say you're religious. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So th- this stuff is obvious, but the numbers that were in there and stuff were kind of interesting. Oh, yeah? I thought. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's, I mean, it's a sure indication that religion is losing on just about any front that you want to look at. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, when, I mean, it kind of relates to the story that we talked about earlier with the school teacher who doesn't, or the, the school board member who thought that evolution shouldn't be taught because it was discovered in the 1800s yeah, and, right. and has never been proven. Well, you're just fucking wrong about that. And that's why I think a lot of younger people are leaving is because they look at the things that religion is offering them, which is we're going to teach you how to hate other people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to teach you about all of these weird magic spells that you can cast yourself <laughs> and that other things are evil all over the place and that you're always under threat of de- demonic possession and demonic influence all around you. And they can, they can look at the world that they've experienced thus far and look at things on the internet and figure out that you're full of shit yeah. and you're driving them away. Yeah. You, the religious and the religions that these religious people are following is what is turning people away from religion because people can look at their phones. They can look at their computers, their TV, anywhere and see that all of these claims that they're making are demonstrably false. 
they say that evolution isn't a fact. Well, bullshit. It absolutely is. Yeah. They, they talk about intercessory prayer. Okay. Well, what kind of testing can we, can we use to determine whether prayer actually works or not? They see all of the different den- denominations of any one brand of faith and they go, you guys are all arguing amongst yourself. Maybe you should short, maybe you should sort this stuff out amongst yourselves before you start trying to teach other people when the people who you previously have taught now disagree with you about other points of doctrine or other contentious issues in the Bible or other religious beliefs that you may hold and the demonization of other people that you deem as lesser than you because they're gay or they're uh, of another race or, or, or what or have don't you. Believe. And, and see that those are all really terrible arguing points in favor of a loving God that you want to bring people into his fold. And they're losing people in droves because of that kind of thing. So it's, it's not a surprise, but it, it is a little, I mean, well, I I would say that I would be surprised that religion hasn't learned this lesson as of yet, but I guess I'm really not because they still have members. Religion is a stifling influence that you, you're not going to learn new things. You're, you, you know, the, the school board lady was complaining about something from the 1800s, but wants to reinforce her belief that this should be discarded by using a belief that's older than that. Yeah. Right. That's just stupid. Yeah. That's 1800 years old. Hello, my name is Tony from the Conversations with God podcast. And as the name suggests, on that podcast, I talk to the creator of the universe, God. We discuss philosophy, cooking, death and diseases, amongst other important subjects. And you're listening to the Godless Revolution podcast which is much better than the Conversations with God podcast. Oh, Why yeah. don't you like Tolkien? I don't understand. Because it's nonsense. It's fantasy. What do you mean? Like, what's wrong with nonsense? Well, Does everything have to be true to you? Okay, I'm a Catholic. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome aboard. So I won the debate. So I won the debate. If nonsense is okay, I'm in. Okay, good. <laughs> And I can drink as much red wine as I want. Right. Because it's not wine anymore. It's not wine anymore. I'm absolutely off my <laughs> on the blood of Christ. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Uh, so the next story we have comes to us from Patheos. This is Michael Stone's blog out on Patheos. It says, Colorado Congressman, legal marijuana is evidence of spiritual war against Christians. This kind of fits with a the theme we've had on the past yeah. couple shows, talking about cancer, marijuana, legalization efforts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I thought we, we could talk about this. It says, Dazed and Confused, Colorado Congressman... Doug Lamborn claims that legal marijuana is proof that the left is waging a spiritual war on conservative Christians. Marijuana Moments reports, a U.S. congressman said on Saturday that marijuana dispensaries operating on the same streets as churches is evidence of the spiritual war our nation is entrenched in. Representative Doug Lamborn, Republican of Colorado, made the comment in a video statement that was presented at an In God We Trust rally organized by the nonprofit. Truth and Liberty Coalition. Mm-hmm. Well, if they don't like the marijuana dispensaries, move your fucking church. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's another one of those things where we want, we want to say that everybody has free will and you can do as you want as long as you're not harming other people. And, and 
don't do this. That we agree with it. You can only exercise your free will when it's something we agree with. And it doesn't harm other people, unless it does harm other people that we want to harm, then that's fine, too. Now, I'm going to lay out my ground rules here for this argument. Okay. Um, God created everything, right? Uh, sure. In his, in his world, world view. Yes, probably. So that means God created marijuana. Uh-huh. So that means God can create evil, right? Well, you know, it's, it's God who created it, but it's, it's man's fallen nature. And it's man's sin that would lead man to use these substances in a way that in which God would not approve. So then it's God that tempts you with things, not the devil. No, because Satan is trying to get you to use those things in a way that God never intended, Ryan. Well, but God made something that when you smoke it, it makes you feel better, right? I don't know, Ryan. Well, go try it. <laughs> when you get out of church today, when you pass that abortion clinic, go to that dispensary. <laughs> See if the devil is enticing you <laughs> with his with his Satan's lettuce, the uh, devil's lettuce. Uh, this guy, there's actually a clip of this guy talking whoa. about this. What, what did we just do? On the story. I, I clicked on it. Let us thing. acknowledge the spiritual war our nation is entrenched in. We need to look no further than our own streets to see the evidence of this conflict. Marijuana dispensaries are on the same streets as thriving churches. Abortion clinics sit just blocks away from pregnancy centers. In our state house, legislators gather to impose radical gender theory on young students, gender while parents in godly homes teach their children the virtue of marriage. It is easy to despair in the face of ignorance and evil. Oh, tell me oh. about it. We're despairing right now watching you. <laughs> <laughs> but today we gather to declare where our trust lies. Our trust lies in God. Uh, maybe yours does. Not yeah. everybody's. And not even even the people who would agree with you that a God exists will argue with you about what that God is. Yep. What its nature is, what it does, what it can and cannot do, what it has done in the past, what it will do in the future. Mm. Fucking silly bullshit, man. And it looks like he's in some government area. The yeah. audio, the audio is terrible. Yeah. But is he he's using? He's probably in his bedroom. Is he using his official government Twitter account to talk about this bullshit? Right. Well, no, because they said this was put out at a conference. This is a video that was shown at a conference. Oh, oh, right. In a video statement that was presented at an "In God We Trust" Just, rally. Yeah. So no, he didn't. Brother. He didn't put this. I mean. It might have made its way onto social media through one of their platforms, but it doesn't like he put it out on social media. Yeah, he's he's wearing his congressional pin, yeah. which which really is kind of a uniform for Congress people. They yeah. don't they don't let our the they don't let military personnel wear their uniforms to talk about shit like no. this. But but you, you know if you're a congressman, then then it's a different deal. But I can tell he's very American. Uh huh. He has four flags. <laughs> <laughs> Four. There's probably that's, more in the in the periphery, but we just can't see it because it's zoomed in on him. Well, that's American as fuck right there. <laughs> America, we need more flags. He's I'm, probably, I'm he, sorry, I just I, I'm not feeling the patriotism. I need more. I need more flags, baby. No, I'm guessing <laughs> he made that in his bedroom. We need more cowbell and we need more flags. <laughs> like, yeah, at least fifty of them. <laughs> uh, next up. Oh, that guy did it. Whatever it is. This is <laughs> just, just a, such a sad sack picture of this guy. He's a clown. This comes to us from Hemant Meta on his blog, Friendly Atheist on Pathios. 
Dated September 13th, it says, Jesus-loving former Ohio mayor. The four-year-old girl I raped was a willing participant. No, you fucking piece of shit. Hubbard, mm. Ohio, Mayor Richard Keenan. Yeah, he definitely did that. Wants you to know that he really, really loves Jesus. Keenan said the opportunity for government service should make officials want to do their best. It's not about me. It's about serving the people, he said. Mm. Keenan also brings another element to the office. I'm a Christian. Dedicating my life to Jesus has changed my life, he said. Don't preach it, but live it. It is a practice he takes to heart. That idea is wrapped up in wanting the best for his town. You know what? If he really dedicates his life to Jesus, go be a fucking preacher and not a mayor. Yeah, why are you in politics? I don't understand why Christians do so much of the things, or so many of the things that they do, in light of the belief of many of them that intercessory prayer actually works and is a very powerful thing. Right. Like, why the fuck are you going to the doctor? Why are you in politics? Why, why do you do anything besides sit in your house and pray if you think that it can actually heal the world why don't you do that everybody every christian in the world should coordinate together to pray for one specific thing they should all pray that our climate crisis just evaporates right that it just goes away hmm. that war is never a thing ever again that yeah. people can live in peace and harmony together pick one thing one good thing one thing that would be good for everybody in the world and every Christian, every, everybody of any religious faith, right? Because they all do it. They all, not all of them pray, but most, most religious denominations have a belief in intercessory prayer. Yeah. Why don't they all pick one thing, yeah. one thing for them all to pray about all the time and then just fix it. Just do it. Just fix it that way. It'll be fine. Then we could all be better. Everybody, surely if the power of one person's prayer can change things, then everybody all praying for the same thing at the same time until it happens will manifest itself in reality, right? I mean, God surely wouldn't ignore every single religious person on the face yeah. of the earth all praying for the same thing. It sounds like a better idea than those people in Russia flying around in a helicopter dropping holy water out of it. <laughs> I saw I saw the headlines for that and I was like, <laughs> man, people do some weird shit yeah. in the name of religion. Uh, story continues and says, wait, sorry, that's from 2010 when Keenan was sworn in as mayor, a position he held for two years. What's the proud Christian up to now? Oh, I wonder. <laughs> Let's check in on him, shall we? Fucking shitbag. Apparently blaming a four-year-old girl for all those times he molested and mm. raped her over the course of three years, calling her a willing participant and suggesting that she initiated it. This went on for three years. Did it start when she was four? Uh, or God. one? Oh, God. I don't I don't really... I've... I don't yeah. want to think about that. Both are I, I fucked up, but yeah. one is slightly more fucked up than the other. According to the filing by Assistant Prosecutor Gabriel Wildman, Keenan, 65, made the admissions to his wife, a pastor, a social worker, and his brother and sister-in-law. They're all the same person? His wife, a pastor, a social worker, his brother-in-law, and his sister-in-law. So five people separately, apparently, okay. unless they all share a title somewhere I was in just there. hoping it was saying he confesses to his wife, who is also a pastor, also a social worker, and his brother and sister-in-law. They're all the same person. Oh, oh I get you, <laughs> I get you. It states that after Keenan voluntarily admitted himself into a Warren psychiatric facility after his release from Trumbull, he told a social worker, quote, he was feeling suicidal because he had been molesting the child victim for approximately the past two years, uh, end quote. 
It states that during those discussions, Keenan blamed the victim for initiating the acts and called her a willing participant. A child that young knows absolutely nothing about sex. There's not even a sexual urge. Yeah. 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 Well, and even if there were a sexual urge, right, right, right. they don't have the the mental and emotional stability and maturation in order to understand the ramifications of what's going on. Yeah. They can't give consent because they don't yep. know enough about it. Yeah. They're not, they're not. Their brains aren't even fully developed yeah, yet. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, everyone. I'm sure he wasn't a true Christian when he was raping her. Mm-hmm. Wonkett's Robin Panaccia explains the possible obstacle in this case. Yeah, sure. You would think that with all the confessing that Keenan would not have the balls to say he's not guilty, but apparently he does. Mm. Because some of those confessions could be considered privileged, prosecutors may have trouble getting them into evidence. In Ohio, however, if a spouse wants to testify against their partner, they are allowed to do so. And for some reason, I'm not too sure that Diane is going to decline. I sure as hell wouldn't. Mm -mm. Someone who thinks a four-year-old is seducing them is probably not someone you want to be married to or protect. Well, then you got the brother-in-law and sister-in-law who also knew. Uh-huh. And his pastor. Well, our pastor, is that protected? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope his wife does the right thing. Well, and that may be up to individual states. I don't know what okay. the federal statutes are for that. Um, Keenan, who pleads not guilty, who who pleads not guilty to the charges despite his confession, will begin his trial next April. He's currently free on $75,000 bond, and Jesus still loves him. The, the one thing He'll that, be welcomed with open arms into heaven. They didn't say who the child belonged to. If it was a family member, if it was his own child. Which yeah, I didn't say in Hemant's reporting here. So if that's his own child, sure as shit she's going to fucking tell on him. You would hope. I would hope so, yeah. yeah but, I mean, know. we hear all the time about stories of, you know, or the, did, of, of the mother of a child who's mm -hmm. being abused, who's aware of the abuse, but is also being abused herself or is financially dependent on her husband. So there's no real way or no easy way to get, get out, out of that of, situation. Yeah. And it's a horrible thing. Just how about maybe don't rape kids? Yeah. That's a, yeah. Looking at you, a, Catholic Church. That's <laughs> an easy one. Uh, uh, next up. We have another story from Michael Stone out on Patheos, which is alerting us to the fact that Pentecostal Christians are burning Australia's sacred Aboriginal objects. Oh, how nice. That's fucked up. Yeah, this is, sounds like something the Taliban would do. Yeah. Or ISIS. I mean, they weren't rounding up fucking Australian indigenous children until the 80s. Yeah. Vandalism for Jesus. Pentecostal Christians are burning Australia's sacred Aboriginal objects because they believe that traditional Aboriginal culture is a type of devil worship. Okay, so what? <sighs> we want religious freedom. Yeah. No, we don't. We want religious freedom. No, we don't. Yeah. ABC News Australia reports an investigation by background briefing has uncovered dramatic scenes in the Kimberley region where Aboriginal followers of a Tongan-born preacher have set fire to artifacts considered sacred by many local elders and dismantled and burned a spiritual law ground. Hmm. According to the report, the vandalism of sacred objects is being conducted by the followers of Pastor Anna Makahunu... Good luck with that one. Makahunu Niu. Nui. Makahunu Nui. Something like that. A young Pentecostal preacher who claims that traditional Aboriginal culture is a type of devil, of devil worship. The Daily Mail notes, Anna Makahunu Nui. 
arrived in Wangpatajunkum. This is. I know that I'm pronouncing these horribly, and I apologize. 100 kilometers southeast of Fitzroy, crossing in Western Australia's Kimberley, in 2015. The community is a settlement of 180 predominantly Wang Wangkatjungak-speaking people <laughs> with strong links to their desert culture. But after the arrival of the young preacher, dozens were born again and baptized as Christians. ABC News Australia explains, a year after Ms. Ms. M arrived, her followers built a bonfire to destroy quote, uh, satanic, end quote, objects they thought were cursing their community and filmed the process. A grainy video of the bonfire shows people cheering as objects are thrown into the flames and black smoke billows into the air. Because that's something we need more of, is black yeah. smoke billowing into the air. Mm -hmm. For many years, we have been deceived by Satan and his demonic beings, an unidentified man narrates as the fire burns. Now we throw all the things that have been keeping us in bondage and slavery. As for Pastor M, her followers call her a prophetess, and she claims that she never instructed her followers to vandalize and burn the sacred aboriginal objects, but she is pleased that they are doing it oh. anyway. It's just like Trump. So she didn't yeah. put this idea into their head like, hey. Stochastic terrorism, man. <laughs> These people are bad and evil and of the devil. And then do what you need and to then do. people and we need follow to be that rid of them, to its yeah, logical yeah. conclusion of well if Let's you know if I it. believe the devil and evil are bad, then I should do something about that. So they do. Calling traditional Aboriginal culture demonic, the preacher said, when they talk and share the type of spirit they're using, I can say is very demonic. I've been seeing that is all connected to witchcraft. That is not from God, that's all from the devil. I wonder if they're speaking their native tongue, and she's like, oh, that sounds fucking weird. It's demonic. <laughs> Commenting on those Christians committing the senseless vandalism, Aboriginal leader and Australian Senator Pat Dodson said, they are the type of virus that has really got no credibility. It's about the lowest act you could perform in trying to indicate to a fellow human being that you have total disdain for anything they represent. Indeed, the acts of senseless vandalism in the name of Christianity are despicable, but not surprising. There is a long and well-established pattern of conservative Christians demonizing and eradicating native cultures around the world. This is just the latest example of Christians behaving badly. Bottom line, Pentecostal Christians are burning Australia's sacred aboriginal objects because they believe that traditional aboriginal culture is a type of devil worship. So that's fun. Yeah. We got Christians destroying the evidence of other cultures and what they believed and practiced. Because, like, you know, we don't want to fucking learn anything or maintain historical evidences of things. And The Australian Aborigines are one of the oldest human groups uh, on the planet, too. Yeah. And I would guess that if these people were here in America, they would be railing against dismantling the statues of Confederate soldiers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can't have any of this devil worship shit about. Right. But I have always thought evil and bad. we don't build statues of losers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just thinking there's probably a statue of John McCain around somewhere. And Donald Trump thought he was a loser. Right. Yeah, but so. he didn't lose a war. Well, oh, well. 
That's I was mm, kind of like debatable. Uh, he wasn't really in it. <laughs> well, he was taken out of action for yeah, a little was, while. I think he was missing, missing was, from yeah. action for a while. He was, he was just staying at a hotel. <laughs> he was, he was, he was MIA somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for for a little while. I think it was that lovely resort called Hanoi Hilton, something like that. Yeah, after, hear, after five his, stars. I, yeah. I hear, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. After his airplane went pow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It was, it was five. They were kind enough stars. to put him up in this uh, luxury <laughs> hotel. For quite a while, yeah, he had he had absolutely no reason to be called a hero. Okay, I, I prefer people who aren't shot down. <laughs> yep. Fucking dick. <laughs> ah, next up. Speaking of the orange menace, mm. we have a guy who thinks that he's just he's the bee's knees. He's the best thing since sliced bread. The cat's pajamas, the capybara spats. He's awesome. Who who gold? Sorry, that was a whole series of who who gold moments. <laughs> Uh, this comes to us also from Patheos. This is from Sarah Beth Kaplan. Preacher, Trump will bring about the greatest spiritual awakening in history. I'm telling you now, brothers and sisters. Then why are the numbers at record lows? Well, he's going to bring it about. He's oh. not yet brought in it. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Pastor James Robinson has always been on the side of whatever Republican is elected in office. He's currently serving on Donald Trump's Evangelical Advisory Board. That's a thing. Yeah. Presidents have Evangelical Trump Advisory has Boards. An evangelical Advisory uh, Board. Well, that's swell. Still, it's strange to hear him brag about Trump as a savior rather than just supporting his policies. In a video posted Monday, Robison argued that Trump was going to usher in the greatest spiritual awakening in history. Oh, that's it's a that's a pretty bold claim. Yeah, I wonder how, sure he, how he backs that up. I prayed for all our presidents. Some of them have asked me to pray with them. Ooh. Okay. This one asked me to pray with him, travel with him. Why are you being so spooky? My wife. Did he touch he your wife? He asked us to surround him with prayer. Pray for him to be surrounded with wisdom. Tell him about people who are wise. Because he doesn't know anybody. Well, clearly your prayer is not working, sir. No. He's a little soft. Would you increase oh, his Oh, he's almost all the way up. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's just speaking ever so soft. He's trying to draw you he's in. A, he's about maxed out on the scales here. He's trying to draw us in with his he's soft a, talk. You got to listen real careful. Trying to sound sexy. <laughs> I think that's an answer to prayer. I Wait, he thinks what is an answer to prayer? To be surrounded with wisdom. Tell him about people who are wise. Tell him about people who are wise. I think that's an answer to prayer. What is? I believe every positive thing that's happening. And I would look Donald Trump, the cabinet, and the Congress straight in the eyes. And I'd say, every great and positive thing that is happening today is happening as an answer to prayers of what a simplistic and childish view of the world, right? Yep. Everything good yeah. that happens is because of Jesus, and everything bad that happens is because yeah. of the devil. Something else. He yeah. didn't say everything that's happening. All the good things. All the good things. Yeah. Yeah. All the good things are because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Which I have written on my hand right now, and it's blank. <laughs> There's a lot of good things mm -hmm. going on in the world, a lot of terrible things, too. Yeah. But to say that all the good things are just because of Jesus, yeah. and all the bad things are something else. Well, the rich are getting richer. I'm paying more taxes. Well, and good depends on your point of view, yeah, right? Like, good. Yeah. if I'm a fucking sociopathic CEO who's raiding corporations and firing people, putting, you know, thousands of people out of work, but it's enriching me, fuck, I think that's fuck awesome. 
But the people below you think yeah. it's pretty fucking shitty. Yeah, that's a really bad thing for them. Yeah. Okay? Committed, sold out people God often refers to as the remnant. The remnant? Those Good movie. Eyes to see and ears <laughs> to hear and a desire to do the will of the Father and see his blessings on everyone. I believe the positive things that are happening are an answer to prayer. And I believe the willingness for this man to stand up against all the assault. <laughs> Donald oh. Trump standing up against assault. That's that's pretty rich. He just lies and hides. <laughs> well, um, the guy who brags about sexual assault yeah, yeah. in an interview with somebody is standing up against the assaults on him being assaulted for assaulting people. Yeah. And who kicks the press out because he doesn't like their, their, their questions, uh -huh. their yeah. tone. Yeah. And keep trying to do what he believes is best is a miracle of God. And I believe if we keep a praying, small miracle. he will hear and he will have people sitting in front of him who will mm. so speak the truth. They will conviction. so speak the truth. This guy looks like oh. a puppet, doesn't he? The way his mouth, the lines around his mouth and everything are, it looks like he's just a fucking puppet. Like Jim mm -hmm. Henson has his hand up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Henson's evil twin. Yeah. Dale Henson. <laughs> Convincingly and with wisdom. And I believe he will respond. We pray. And I think we, listen to me. No. I think we can. <laughs> he must have seen me hovering over the pause button there. <laughs> no, listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> and I think we, listen to me, I think we can witness the greatest spiritual awakening in history. And one of the least likely people, many of you would say, will be used by God to accomplish God's will for the blessing and benefit of this nation. I, I noticed at one point he had mentioned that uh, Trump is doing what he thinks is good and He's God is on his side. Good and righteous and holy. Hitler thought what he was doing was good but too. You have to say it like it's good yeah. and righteous and holy. Hitler thought what he was doing was good and righteous and holy too. You gotta <laughs> record your Christian messages in yeah. ASMR video. And he had <laughs> the Catholic Church on his side too. <laughs> oh, religious people. You're fun. You're fun. Are they though? No, it's really not fun. I wouldn't go to one of their parties. Um, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. Because they sound like they're not very fun at all. No. All right. On the other side, we got some fun science news for you. For your, for your chompers. I'll science you. Oh, we're going to be dropping some science on you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody, I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. We have the Latter-day Lesbian Podcast. It's the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Mm -hmm. And so we do that every week on a podcast, don't we? We do. You're supposed to jump in. Sorry. Just jump in any time. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. We are available on your favorite podcast app. Just uh, look for Latter-day Lesbian, where your favorite podcast can be heard. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something I've never told anybody, but I used to bring um, communion uh, to the hospitals, and our Houston's full of them. And I gave this one lady communion, and she immediately puked. Hmm. And I thought, okay, what are you supposed to do? And so I gathered, you know, all the vomit and the host in this little plastic bag. And then I started thinking, how can I leave Jesus there? That is just disgusting. What can I do? I swallowed it. I swallowed the whole bag. <laughs> Oh, wow. Then I went, I did. I couldn't stand to leave him there. 
If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Welcome back, peoples! Oh, shit! We're back. (laughs) We are. Here we are, all together. All together, all together. Uh, this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we wanted to, we wanted to talk about some sciencey stuff. We haven't talked about sciencey stuff for a little minute, a little mm-hmm. bit, a minute, a yeah. little while, a few a few days. It's been it's been some episodes, some episodes. This comes to us from Fizzorg. There's a new way to repair tooth enamel. But is for there? all of our for all of our listeners who may be having some tooth enamel problems. Now I'm looking at this photomograph. Uh huh. That, that tooth ain't in no head. I know, right? Mm. Like, how do they even know that it would? Do the same thing inside a yeah. human head that it's like, doing here. What if my saliva has some sort of like raptor fucking acid built into it and it uh, doesn't he's, work? He's dripping saliva on it. That's what he's doing. He's dripping saliva. Got to make sure that it that it doesn't soak it all up. Who, but who's saliva? Like, is that <laughs> Jeff's? Did Jeff spit in a tube again? Jeff? Yeah. Jeff Bernie. We were talking about <laughs> Jeff Bernie during our little break. Uh, so this comes to us from Fizzorg. Uh, says a team of researchers in Zhejiang. Zhejiang. I'll bet it's Zhejiang. That's good. Zhejiang University and Xiamen University <laughs> found a way to repair t- human tooth enamel. In their paper published in the journal Science Advances, the group describes their process and how well it worked when tested. I hope they tested it. Humans have battled tooth decay for thousands of years. The longer we live, the more challenging the problem becomes. And I've heard this from my dentist. Like, they always ask me whenever I go in, like, what is, you know, where for your treatment today, what are obstacles to any future treatment? Is it is it an issue of having not enough time available? Um, you know, the the distance is too far away. Is it an issue of cost? So you do that and then it's, you know, what what is the most important thing to you as far as your oral health care? Is it is it appearance? Is it comfort? Is it use? You I just know? want teeth. Yeah, I want to be able to chew food yeah. and look okay while I'm doing it. Uh, humans have battled tooth decay for thousands of years. Many consumables lead to loss of the hard enamel that protects teeth from decay. And once it's lost, it never grows back. Mm. It's it's like having part of your tooth ampl- amputated, the, the part that protects your tooth. It's like the clear coat on your car. That's just once never going to grow well, back. Once it goes away, it doesn't come back, and then it rusts. Mm-hmm. The current standard treatment involves removal of rotted tooth material and filling the cavity with a hard replacement material. For many years, scientists have sought a way to replace tooth enamel once it's lost, but until now, such efforts have not led to a suitable replacement. In this new effort, the researchers in China report that they have at long last found a solution. To repair the tooth enamel, the researchers first created extremely tiny 1.5 nanometer diameter clusters of calcium phosphate, the main ingredient in natural enamel. Each of the tiny clusters was then prepared with the chemical compound triethylamine. I don't know if I want those in my mouth. Doing so prevented the clusters. You put clusters in my mouth. But triethylamine. That looks like something if I saw it on the outside of a transport truck and it flipped over, I'd want to run away. (laughs) Doing so prevented the clusters from clumping together. The clusters were then mixed with a gel that was applied to a sample of crystalline hydropoxapite, a material very similar to human enamel. 
Testing showed that the clusters fused with the tooth stand-in and in doing so created a layer that covered the sample. They further report that the layer was much more tightly arranged than prior teams had achieved with similar work. They claim that such tightness, like a dish, it's tight like a dish. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like a tiger. That was a little, that was a little Mormon, that was a little Mormon reference <laughs> for you. Mm -hmm. Allowed the new material to fuse with the old as a single layer, rather than multiple crystalline areas. The team then carried out the same type of testing using real human teeth that had been treated with acid to remove the enamel. Mm. They report that within, I hope they were not like in a person's head. Oh, they were. When they're doing this. <laughs> yeah, so it was a, they, you know, the, the movie Saw, that's an actual thing that really happens. And then they <laughs> just harvest all of the human parts for other testing. Uh, the team that carried out the same type of testing, they had the enamel, blah, blah, blah. They report that within 48 hours of application, crystalline layers of approximately 2.7 micrometers had formed on the teeth. Close examination with a microscope showed that the layer had a fish scale-like structure, very similar to that of natural enamel. Physical testing showed the enamel to be nearly identical to natural enamel in strength and wear resistance. It also makes your bum fall off. Just your yeah. butt cheeks just fall off. Hey, that's people, what I've heard. Uh, that's, that's, uh, to some, uh, a, a good trade-off. You just, you, you, you can have good teeth. No and, bum. And no no butt or bad teeth and a great butt. Do you so want to trade off people? You gotta not? weigh your options. The researchers mm. note that more work is required before their technique can be used by dentists, primarily to make sure that it does not have any undesirable side effects. Yeah, like you just grow like one, giant <laughs> one giant tooth. Like it just keeps spreading it like it grows <laughs> from one tooth to the next and it just and then you just got one tooth. Just one, one, like, uh, does it fuse to the bottom as well? Like, oh, yeah. The bottom set of teeth and the top set of teeth fuse into one tooth? You just got one tooth, then it will do a podcast like this for now on. And then you can't, yeah. then you can't pass food or no. drink or anything in, through it, so you just die. And then that sucks. Oh. Sorry, everybody. Wasn't as good a, wasn't as encouraging a, a news as we thought it would be, because yeah. apparently your bum falls off and your teeth fuse together. And you can't yep. eat bacon. Can't eat bacon, can't drink beer, and so your life is ruined. My my big question with this. Hmm. So it took 48 hours. Uh-huh. Does that mean that if this was in a person's mouth... It Dos dias, as they would say well, in the Mexicans. I'm in the Englishans. Uh-huh. <laughs> would they not be able to drink or eat anything for 48 hours while this whole thing is, like, curing and doing its thing? Um, Maybe. I that guess it depends suck. on the process and and once it's refined more and all of that jazz. Yeah. I'll bet they could just use like you know a like mouth you guard the, type thing. Yeah, like a mouth guard thing, or they've got the like whitening trays where you can spray the goop in there, or put the you know put the yeah, you gotta, goopy gel in there and put it on your teeth and make them whiter for a while. And then you just wear those for forty eight hours until it's done doing its thing. Yeah, and instead of making your teeth softer and whiter, it'll make them harder and the same Blacker? color they were before. Oh. Hopefully. That would be cool. It'd be cool if they could add whitening agent to this. Yeah. So that then your teeth are harder and more white. That would be, that would be good. They'd be more white and delightsome. Don't, don't want to make another my... Mormon reference. Woo. That's two. Don't, don't I don't want to put new enamel on my coffee. Who, who, gold plate. Make them <laughs> not what? <white. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Who, <laughs> who, gold plates. All right. Well, uh, that will just about wrap things up for us this evening. You, you guys have anything else? Um, Wine rants complaints? No. I mean, I think everything's going good. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. 
I'd like to outsource uh, some some debate stuff to our our listening audience. If you if you have heard any good arguments against presuppositionalism, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. If you want to forward them to us at the Godless Revolution at gmail dot com, it's not the Godless Revolution. It's just Godless Revolution at gmail dot com, or you can tweet us at TGR Podcast, or you can call and leave us a message at. Three three zero eight one rebel. I haven't actually set our phone number for some time now. I, I want to so say something rebel. different. A little out of practice. We did get a voicemail message we from did. listener Jonathan Ariola. Yeah. Uh, last week. Yes. And it was it was uh, encouraging us in having Christine on the show because he knows somebody who also works with her and was looking forward to hearing it. So thank you very much, Jonathan. So we hope was, you enjoyed it. Nice, it. To, nice to hear your message. And hope you enjoyed the show. She's fucking awesome. I really like Christine a whole lot. And I saw her the next day. Oh, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Where did you see her? At my buddy's office. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she was, came to hang out. I was like, hey. Fancy, I know you. Fancy seeing you again. <laughs> she's just hanging out? Yeah. Do they, were, were they like talking about the work that she's doing? Yeah, or, just yeah. bullshitting. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. She's all over the place, man. Yeah. You never know where she's going to pop up. It's like a fucking... A frog. She's like secret pot means. ninja, just <laughs> sneaking up on you. A ninja. Have way some better. free marijuana, some legal marijuana. Oh, I'm a federal employee. Fuck. Some legal cannabis. Sorry, we don't want to say marijuana. Right. Because that's that's the part that's scary. Yeah. That's how you pronounce it. Yep. If you make it sound if you make it sound all Mexican, then people are not gonna want it. Have some fairy dust. It's not like it's a taco. Ooh, but we want those. <laughs> Uh, before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they're awesome. They are the people who allow you to listen to the show and not be assaulted for, by advertisements for doors or underwear or socks or beds or colored smocks, underwear. (laughs) Yeah. Colored smocks that you can prepare food in things like that. So thank you all very much. That would be Alan Firth. New Mania. Christy Kalbach. Gaytheist. Stephen Andrews. Let them eat Kofefe. Two Skeptical Chaps. Vanessa. Don't be a Richard. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Vodapich. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. The Foz. Jesse Pointner. Bobby Digital. Freethinker215 supports the Military Religious Freedom Foundation. And I also want to thank Freethinker215 for calling to my attention the fact that I had misnumbered the most recent episode Ooh. when I put it out on our Patreon account. Like, I think I, I said the correct thing, but in, and the file name was correct, but in typing out the number of the episode in the post, I put in the wrong fucking number and he let me know and I was able to fix it pretty quickly. So thank you very much for doing that. If anybody else spots any errors, please let me know as soon as possible so that I can fix them as soon as possible. Janet Uter. Savita Kuna. Taylor Grin. Purple Dragon. Captain Samples. And Corey Ebert. Thank you all very, very much. We really appreciate it. And as I've mentioned for the last few shows now, all of the proceeds from this show and all shows through the end of the year will be going to our friend Brandy Hamrick, who has Mm -hmm. been diagnosed with cancer and is currently going through chemotherapy after having a large section of her colon removed. And she's having a tough go of it, man. It's it's rough. I, I feel awful for everything that she's having to go through. So hopefully we can help allay some fears and some anxiety about having enough money to buy basics like food and pay the bills by donating what little we make on the show toward, uh, 
toward her GoFundMe campaign that I will post a link to in the show notes. Thank you all very much to our Patreon supporters who are helping us to do that. Uh, if you are not currently a Patreon supporter and would like to become one, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as a little as $1 per episode, and then you get fun things like extended episodes, uh, bonus episodes every now and then. We do extended outtakes sometimes, longer episodes. You get it before anybody else. All kinds of fun stuff like that. And you will be helping Brandy. If you're not currently a Patreon supporter and have thought about doing it, you should go and do it now if you even just want to do it through the end of the year, knowing that all of that money is going to Brandy and then you cancel your Patreon subscription to the show. That would be perfectly fine. You should do that as well because, as I've said, every dime that we make from the show, you know, through until the end of the year, we will be donating all of it to Brandy. So thank you very much for doing that. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you guys for coming down here. Yeah. Thank you for having us. I would like to pre-thank all of our listeners for sending me ideas on <laughs> – on, on uh, debate debate stuff to be used for presuppositionalism that will be very fun i look forward to to reading some of the things that uh our listeners will be sending in or watching some videos anything anywhere that they know has a has a really good argument or something that they thought was interesting would be would be greatly appreciated so thank you in advance for that and so until next week crucify voldemort just leave us a review for God's sake, <laughs> leave us a fucking review. We haven't had any reviews for a little bit. Yeah, that would be, that would be great. <laughs> and rate the show five times a day toward four-year-old consent. Ooh. You got anything else for us? Not really. Okay. Well, we'll stop here then. <laughs> Not single gun, double freshens in my like. <laughs> it's going to be stuck in my head all fucking day now. I'm double mint, double mint gum. I'm going to have to go grab that shotgun. <laughs> <laughs>